0: Hey guys, and welcome back to the SkullCast for episode 78. I'm joined, as always, by my faithful... Well, faithful? I don't know. They're members anyway. They're, they're part of the team. Uh, go ahead and say hi, everybody. Azil, say hi. Yeah, uh, hi. Oh my god. that is see, That completely defeats the purpose of me saying Azil and then you saying something. So newer people can associate your voice with your name. So go ahead. Try try that one again.
1: You just said I'm not faithful, so, you know, this is me not being faithful. I shouldn't have said anything.
0: Perfect. That's exactly what we were looking for. So, Grail, can you also blab for a bit? Hello. (laughs) Well, this is off to such a smooth start. Such a smooth start. Uh, Griff, are you there?
2: I am here and very faithful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. I'm glad you stressed that. Well, guys, thanks for joining me once again for a discussion of the latest Berserk episode. Um, This is a pretty big episode. Episode 346, uh, the reveal of a major character who we have been waiting for for, I guess, since volume 28, which was in 2004. So it's been a while. The Sovereign of the Flower Storm, the elf ruler, made an appearance, and I wanted to make sure... I know we meet every month to discuss the newest Berserk episode, but... I wanted to see if you guys could clear calendars, at least for the next few weeks, uh, as we go back and remediate all our references to the king of the flower storm, which I counted and it's about 48 different podcasts, so we're just going to (laughs) redub those sections, just several instances, and there are some cases where we'll have to re-record whole sections because we were using the pronoun, you know, he, so we're just going to take those out and replace it with the proper Can't we just...
2: uh record the word sovereign you can just take that sovereign and i'll say her she and then just go back and replace all of them
0: so you do it yourself yeah you know what (laughs) i can do it i can do a good french accent i can do that no you can't (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that was uh i guess the big surprise or reveal was not only of course the character design of uh, the ruler sovereign but also the gender thing uh, which brought out a lot of discussion, not just on Skull Night net but everywhere else about was it always a woman? Was it always going to be a woman? What's with this Uh-oh. translation thing? Um, it wasn't like
2: that female Ghostbusters controversy, was it?
0: No, actually, you know, surprisingly, <laughs> that, that aspect of this whole discussion never came up, and I was very surprised. I was, I was waiting to be called out for saying, well, what, what's Walter, what's wrong if it is a girl? Like, what, that's not what I was trying to say, but, <laughs> but, but then, it, yeah, they never came up, but, um, One thing I did want to point out was uh, I wonder if it ever even mattered necessarily, you know, whether it was a male or female. We keep trying so quickly, so quick to assign gender because of the language discrepancy in Japanese and English, but also the fact that it's an elf, right? I mean, yes, Puck looks more like a boy than a girl, but he doesn't have like, you know, sexual organs. You know, he doesn't necessarily have, I wouldn't call him a a man (laughs) or a boy. He's an elf first and foremost, right? So the yeah. gender doesn't really have much of a meaning. So we, we don't
1: know how they reproduce. So sure. yeah, why you know like the elf queen, I guess, uh, has like female you know uh, characteristics. You know, it's not even sure she's like can really say she's a girl. You know, not not really because like like I said, we don't know how elves reproduce. So they mm-hmm. they're you know probably asexual. So, yeah, that kind of defeats the purpose. You know, Mura clearly intended this to be, uh, like a reveal, a surprise. Uh, the fact we didn't know if it was a, a man or woman, you know. So, as has shown very clearly, you know, from the fact that Puck pretended to be like the sovereign. And a lot of people are like, wow, it's really him, is it? You know, and then mm-hmm. it's, you know, it reveals <laughs> that it's really Dan. And so, it's something that's pretty common in, uh, Asian, you know, works of fiction because you can do that kind of stuff where, use just agenda stuff, or use stuff that's usually for men, but can also be used for females, or that's usually singular, but you can use for plural, and vice versa, so you know, I think it's uh, something he intended, and yeah, he probably intended it from, from the beginning.
0: And also related to that is, uh, Puela had called that it could be an elf queen, one of her early stories back in 2004-ish.
1: Well, yeah, actually she'd She'd imagine an elf queen before we even knew mm. in the story that uh, there would be a Sovereign. Uh, it's actually her fan fiction dates back to right after uh, Pugtel's guts, they could go to his home, mm. elf, um, which is on an island. So it's just in volume 22. So yeah, it was pretty <coughs> prescient. <Right. coughs> Although I guess there's a long tradition of, you know, there being an elf queen, or, you know, in, uh, how to say, folklore, so it's not... Sure. Like nobody fell off of yeah. the chair.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's not out of nowhere, but it's still pretty cool because, you know, like you guys were saying, it's playing playing on the audience's expectations
1: a bit.
0: Yeah, it was just nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the character design itself, uh, there was a lot of discussion about how she looked and what features she had. Um Honestly, I, I, I guess I hadn't put a lot of thought into how Miura would portray. I know we discussed the kind of personality that he she might have, they might have being somewhat whimsical but also, you know
1: Serious? Uh, like a serious. sovereign. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's sort of coming across already. Uh yeah. where she kind of like, you know, she'll placate the uh the tendencies of the elves, uh, and also realize while also chiding Puck for trying to take over, you know, her her place uh, in a joking in a joking way, <laughs> but I feel like we're going to get so much more of that once we actually have this deliberation between the group. You know, I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, her characteristics, her personality, and how that comes across in the story.
1: Yeah, one thing I think we we did not talk about that I think is interesting is that Mira chose to uh, have her appear, you know, incognito in the previous episode as Dan and the house helper, uh, and then reveals that she she had i had been there all along, so I think it's also an interesting way to uh, review the character, because uh, I think most of us expected it to be, like, they come into the throne room, and there's this guy or, you know, girl there, and they're like, yep, it's me, I'm the the king, I'm the badass, so, you know, it's, uh, like, that kind of thwarted most people's expectation. I think.
2: Mm -hmm. We should have known, because she was dressed way too uh, fancy for the help, she had all that... Nice decorations and accessories going on.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, she was the best dressed witch.
0: Yep. Yeah, and, and she, she did a- stand. She did stand out. And if you go back and listen to what we said, obviously we didn't say that's it. That's the gassy elf king queen. <laughs> uh, it was more like she's. It seemed strange that among all these magic users, there's a housekeeper. You know, I thought it was just a little weird at the time. She
2: seemed like the coolest hippie of all the witches, and then it turns out, oh well, that's why. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and she's yeah. actually, like, yeah, her costume really did uh, stand out. She, she stood out even among the gurus and, ev- and everything, so, you know, it, it kind of makes sense.
0: Another thing that came out during the discussions in the thread, which I thought was really interesting, was a couple of users had pointed it out, how Mira had actually laid the framework for that being a ruse all along in the previous episode, where Kuka comes in and she's about to introduce uh, Danan, and then Danan kind of, like, interrupts her and introduces herself, and then yeah. later, P- Puck is talking about the nature or, or what the, the ruler is like, and then Danan announces, oh, well, we got treats. So before Puck finishes sentence, he flies off to get the the pastries. So there are two different instances <laughs> where, you know, the nature of the person was covered up so that they can continue this, you know, kind of ruse about who the person actually is. Yeah, We already
2: know the Elf Queen's a master manipulator using <laughs> treats to silence Puck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, even I think even Gad's uh, you know, way of telling Guts to wait and stuff was also mm-hmm. so that things could uh, go along as they had planned. I don't know if he had a previous agreement mm-hmm. with the Queen, but that's clearly uh, what was going on there.
0: I do kind of feel bad for Eva Lira though, because she kind of uh, made fun of Denon's treats, saying that they're good, but they're not as good as Flora's. Like when she's she's right there, and that's your whole that's the ruler of your species, and you're just talking down, talking <laughs> shade on her pastries. Come well, on,
3: well,
1: you know, I mean, I think it's uh, in a way she was faithful, which is a quality I'm sure you can appreciate uh, you to yes, can. Flora. So. Uh, you know, it's not all bad, but yeah. I maybe
2: mean, maybe her faith should be in her queen, though, instead of just some person.
1: Well, you know, I think, I don't know, I mean, Ivara is a pretty specific elf in that she's, you know, like this kind of city girl. She's a parody of a sophisticated woman from the city who's looking down on everything and anything and anyone. So I'm actually curious to see how she react to the queen. Uh, you yeah, know, I think it might probably going to be pretty funny, you know, where she's like, oh yeah, maybe she's not so bad after all, you know, that kind of stuff, so mm-hmm. I'm looking I forward do, to that.
0: I do think it's, I mean, I never expected we would be spending this episode talking about Eva Lyra so much, and that's fine, but like, isn't it strange that she's kind of the country bumpkin in this scenario, scenario? like, they're in the heart of the elf world right now, Yeah, and she's acting like a city girl, where she's from some podunk, isolated <laughs> place, like, there's nothing around her, but humans, so... It's not like she's... But you're right. That is her attitude. I mean, she's well, treating know, them like they're bumpkins, and you're right. Wh- I'm just saying wh- it's
1: strange. What's, what's funny is that, she, you know, like, for all her, uh, you know, uh, how to say, pretending and stuff, she's still an elf like the others, and yeah. her nature quickly shows. So it's when she was like, oh, these guys, you know, they're just from backwater place, whatever. But as soon as they come and say, oh, t- tell us our story, she immediately indulges them, and starts start gloating. So, you know, it's... She's just like Puck, basically, even mm-hmm. though she's always complaining about him and making fun of him, but she's no better. So mm-hmm. I think you know I think that's uh you know the fun of her character.
0: Sure. And on to the other reveals of this episode, of course, uh, we kind of get a smorgasbord of different elves, different types of elves that you know we all expected to see. We always wondered, uh, as we're being introduced to Skellig and its inhabitants, why we haven't yet seen the elves. Well, Miro is saving them for this episode, clearly. So as soon as they go into the forest, they're introduced to all variety of them, and all of them seem to, as we would expect, have an association with an individual element. You know, there are those of the earth, there are those of the wind. Uh, we don't. I guess we don't see all of them. I didn't see necessarily fire sprites or water, you know, spirits or anything like that, but Maybe those are to come, or maybe we're seeing them and I just can't recognize them. But, um, as many have pointed out, they, as expected, a lot of them do align with our expectations of folklore based designs of these creatures, brownies and gnomes and dwarves. Oh, actually, we don't see gnomes, but dwarves and, uh, I feel stupid naming them all, centaurs, you could You
2: could make the argument we've been waiting longer for the dwarves, that for, you know, Elfheim mm-hmm. and the Elf Queen, all the way to Godo's mine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we had the silhouette of them back in Volume 14, and now we actually yep. finally see them. And it's funny, I'm so glad that Mira did this. I feel like he must have been reading my mind, or rather I was reading Mira's mind, and that the first association they make is with a Zahn, a short, squat, bearded guy, you know? I'm so glad that that happened, because that's always kind of how I expected, that they would walk up to him and say, oh, are you one of us? How did you, how'd you get it's mixed up with him? It's family reunion. <laughs> it's the dwarf king. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey to your cousin. Yeah, imagine he just takes off his helmet and he's like, yep. yeah, here I am. I'm, I'm the king. <laughs> I was also
0: in disguise the whole time. I've that's why I kept the, the helmet time. on. Yeah, that's fun. But there are also creatures that aren't easily identified. And really, I guess there's only the one, right? The shadowy guys with the long noses and kind of covered in fur and kind of hang on the background a lot of these scenes. I, I don't even know what to call them. Of course, we don't know the official names for a lot of these creatures yet. But uh I just thought it was very strange just to see an, uh, a, t- a type that we couldn't immediately identify with some kind of folklore. Uh And, and maybe it is there. We just don't know what it is yet. So... Um, also thought it was interesting how Amira chooses to differentiate them, particularly the, uh, the ones that come, look like they come from the forest or based on deer or foxes. They have varying levels of, you know, uh, transformation, uh, in a lot of them. Some, some look more human yet still have antlers, yet are straight up deer. And then, you know, they also have the foxes. So it seems a male and female species type. The female would be the deer. Or sorry, female would be the foxes and the male would be the deer.
1: I think they can uh I think they can transform you mm-hmm. know too like I think uh, they can go from pure animal form to uh somewhat human forms that kind of stuff
0: right, right that would make sense, and I guess transformation also plays a role in this episode given Denon's transformation um i I immediately made the the connection with uh isma and her transformation from a marrow into a human, but uh obviously it seems that uh i think there's more to it at least with the elf queen she it seems like it's more just a display of her power in general rather than simply like a, a true name thing like for i guess what i'm saying is i don't expect the uh the elf queen to be a former or a, or a human elf hybrid i mean yeah. it it could be but i i don't sense that from this episode
1: yeah i think uh, all merols are kind of half human or at mm-hmm. least you know if you know they the way Isma was born is a typical way, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't think clearly that the case, uh, you know, in Danan's you know case. I, I think she's just yeah, she can just transform. It's also something Shiruki had uh, hinted at back in episode uh, three
0: thirty one. Oh really? I don't remember that. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, when she, you know when she said uh, she could take different forms, avatars, right. that kind of stuff. Right. You know, like she was thinking about something else, but mm-hmm. you no, know, like clearly that's a display of that kind of power
0: right yeah um another thing i don't think i said this in a thread but denon's transformation also kind of solves a riddle for us that we discussed earlier about the connection between magic users in the elven world um we would wondered when we arrived on the island why we didn't see elves if there's this clear demarcation between where humans live and where elves live well i mean clearly the uh, the elf queen can traverse that boundary with no problems or at least that's what she does because she has a role in their world and in, of course, her own world. We also wonder what the relationship would be, period, given the magic users are kind of just like, you know, citizens there, right? You would assume that they are kind of under her purview. Yeah. I, I wonder if her being a human kind of makes that tie a little closer, you know. They don't have a foreign ruler, they have someone that can walk among them as well. You know, I think that's the the
1: purpose Well, you know, I think uh, you're going a bit faster. I think it's too early to uh, get to, you know, conclusions about that. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, I think the reason the elves don't go too much into uh, the witch village is because they don't want to, basically. Because Mm -hmm. we knew Puck was interacting with these guys, for example, because he's mischievous enough to like to play pranks on them. Mm. So, I think, you know, either they weren't there because they were strangers, or it's because they just, like, didn't care or didn't feel like it. I also think, on the topic of Danan, actually, her size surprised me, because uh, I always wonder whether she'd be human size, you know, or like Puck, you know, small. And we've seen uh, in this episode that there are elves of many sizes, which makes sense. So, you've got the tiny ones like Piskies, and then... You know various medium sizes and I guess Danan is a real big deal, but still you know it's it's interesting as a way you know we're also not sure like was she does she really spend time in that village as a housekeeper or was that just a ruse you know to spy on the you know on the new guys and see what they were really like, just not being in front of her and mm-hmm. knowing who she is, but how they treated the you know a mere Uh, house servant, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think it's it's a bit early to draw conclusions on all of that.
0: Sure, I I wasn't necessarily forming a conclusion, merely seeing how Mira could draw a line between those two worlds because she can't take the form of a human. That's all.
1: Yeah, actually, what I'm more interested in is whether somebody like Kukia can actually venture into her film. You know, like, Mm -hmm. are these guys authorized to just walk in, or, you know, and do they, or do they not you know are they not able to handle the chaos of elves on a daily basis you Mm -hmm. know so it's all you know it's that's the kind of stuff i wonder because i think like skellig is pretty much the elf island you know and like you said i think the you know the witches and such are just residents there and you Mm -hmm. know like they, they, they exist there because they are tolerated by the elves but it's not like it's not the other way around you know what i mean
0: I think they're probably—sorry, awesome. Griffith, go ahead.
1: I was going to
2: say what's funny about all this talk is that from the get-go, when you were saying, you know, being able to transform into a human and walk among them and, you know, how the two sides of the society get to better—get to get along and how uh, how she gets along with everyone with her transformations, it reminds me kind of of Falconia and of Griffith again and sort mm. of the apostles oh, yeah. and the humans and— you know, it's funny that it's like, you know, it's a, it's the same question, but obviously it's a very, very different stakes. It was, mm-hmm. you know, and it seems much more. This seems much friendlier, and much more on the up and up. Yeah, but it's I mean, interesting, sort of how the, the that there are parallels there.
0: And in this episode, they're also making the same kind of journey that you know Rickert made to get to where Griffith was through Falconia, of course. I, I don't know how far those parallels actually go in terms of the actual story yeah. Line, but yeah, I, I totally see what you're what you're getting at. Yeah. <clears throat> also, the scope of everything. I feel like that's not something that was... Um, I don't know. Maybe when I see this printed out, it'll make more sense. The scale of everything. Like they, they make a big deal of the, the size of the tree, and it does look freaking huge. There's one... The two-page spread of the actual exterior of the tree this is the most effective in conveying this, I think. But I feel like the scale isn't interpreted as well uh, later. Uh, but it just looks freaking massive when they're walking into the base of the of the tree because you get the, the sense of how just how big this thing really is. Yeah, we yeah, it is, looks fat.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right, and we get only slices of the inside, you know, just panels and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I think that doesn't convey how big it truly is because it, it seems to be empty and, you know, with many, many layers. And uh, I think the verticality is important in there in that... Like uh, Piskies, like Puck, you know, they, they would probably, uh, you know, stick to the branches, to the higher places. Mm-hmm. So I think there's really probably a lot of elves in there. And we've just seen, like, only the few who dared move their asses down to in order to see the, the <laughs> strangers. Yeah. But there's probably a lot of them.
0: Yeah, and of course, you know, we're learning a lot more about the nature of this island so quickly, and yet there's still so many unanswered questions. Like, we don't know where elves necessarily come from. Although, if I had to take a guess, I would guess it is probably the tree, or somewhere in this region. And you know, that's just pure speculation, we don't know. I, I feel we're getting closer to learning more about the nature of elves just in the next matter of episodes. The origin you
1: know. of species, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I think, I don't think they all just sprang up from the tree. I think... Because we knew there were elves in other places in the world. Sure. Like, obviously, traveling through the sea is not convenient. So, I think it's a place, it's probably been a refuge for elves over the last thousand years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's probably always been a kind of like the elf capital. But, uh, yeah, I don't think necessarily elves, you know, come from, it's a well from which elves spring. I think, uh, you know, they're probably, you know, natural, naturally arise from stuff. But mm. yeah, I mean, uh, I do think we might get uh, an insight into how they come to be.
0: Sure.
3: Yeah, it'll be interesting to touch on what you said, Walter. I think that um, uh, speaking of scope and kind of the the unanswered questions, I'm really interested to learn more about the sovereign's uh, kind of the extent of her spiritual power and how it compares to. Godhand and griffith and all that stuff so I'm yeah really I,
0: I would imagine it's of a completely different path. nature right you know the Godhand's yeah. mm-hmm. power and griffith's power is very direct and it's all about manipulation and direct control over humanity and things like that right and hers seems very of course you know associated with the elements associated with the natural world uh but yeah shirka actually comments on that you know wondering in the nature the, the scale of the the power given the size of the tree and how she's made this the home i she think feels-
1: yeah, I think we shouldn't expect, like a lot of people try to compare, you know, uh, the Sovereign, you know, against the God Hand and, you know, like uh, the citizens of Elpham will be an army with guts, <laughs> we will march on falconia with they them. They look and, pretty scary. Yeah, you know, I I mean, I, I've basically been saying for 15 years that this wouldn't be the case because like, you know, elves are elves. Like you see Puck, you see an apostle, that's not just, that's not how it works. And so what, <laughs> what what I'm sure the sovereign's power will be like really immense and she'll be able to do great stuff like for example Kyo Kaska. Uh yeah, I don't think she's just gonna throw some kind of fireball at you because that kind of stuff, you know. And I think people should keep their expectations in check in that regard because uh I think she'll have a lot of knowledge, like really arcane knowledge that goes beyond even what Ged has shared with the group so far. Uh, and I think she, her powers, you know, are probably really wide and uh, on a wide ranging of um, of things. But yeah, she's not gonna be like I don't expect her to be able to stand up against the good hand. I, I just, I, I just don't see that happening at all. I, I think they're not hmm. meant to be like it's not a symmetrical thing. It's asymmetrical. Right, that's what I was
0: gonna say actually. Well, yeah. I
2: think I think maybe she could be of use, but yeah, I I, I agree with you overall that it's probably more of a support role
1: yeah I mean her, yeah
2: that she and Alfhelm will end up playing
1: mm-hmm. to be a fuse definitely like could she you know uh come up with a talisman somewhat like did, that would help with a brand or something like that yeah sure you know she could she cure casca sure could she you know help give them some you know item or uh, certainly but yeah i I just don't see her you know firing fireballs at you know, apostles or something but like look that. At
2: the look at the the elves with, like, the dung beetle armor
1: style there.
2: <laughs> they, they imagine 10,000 of those.
1: You know, it's <laughs> pretty hardcore. It actually uh, reminds me of that shot of, of Puck. Puck as a knight here, you know, <clears> during <throat> the Lost and chapter. One yeah. thing, you know, I wanted to say that we didn't touch on when we were talking about all the kinds of creatures, uh not just elves, but other sort of creatures that are there, is that we see a panel of, uh, elves that are associated with plants. And there's one that really looks, uh, similar to chich. So. Oh, really? Show me, yeah, tell me
0: what page. I don't, I missed that.
1: Uh, I saw page 15 when they are. And the ones
2: playing the drums?
1: Yeah, on the, the mushrooms. mushrooms. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and you're so, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've got these little hats and you can see there's four of them and they each look like the plants with which they are associated. Oh. And, uh, yeah. And you know, they're, they're all so cute. So I don't know. I, I was really pleased to see that and, uh,
3: yeah, that's right. They don't have wings and their ears are a, kind of a more rounded shape, just like Yeah, Chicha.
1: again, I mean, it's something uh, I think uh, we called, at least I did uh, right when Chicha happened, <laughs> so was introduced, I mean, so yeah, it makes sense. Although it's interesting that uh, the Sovereign herself actually has wings mm-hmm. and she's got these big antennas uh, as well, so I'm not sure what, they're, uh, what it's about, but that's interesting. And of course there's a staff like she's got this big mm-hmm. magic staff that's like uh witch's staff but you know like the level 50 version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's max level. Yeah. One thing I did actually find a character
0: to, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say one thing I actually wonder about is uh whether you know like how did uh you know magic users start? How did the hmm. first one learn about sure. something? So, you know, I'm I'm curious to know if like, the sovereign of the flowerstorm has not been, like, the teacher of the teachers, you know? Is she the one? Is she, like, the guru of the gurus? You know what I mean? Mm. So, it's just, you know, I'm just running my mouth off. But, yeah, I'm curious to know if she hasn't been, you know, instrumental helping magic users, especially the ones on Skellig, uh, actually learn about magic and refine their use of magic. I think that may be the case. Is that may be why she's she was hanging around the gurus earlier on.
0: I never thought about that staff, but you're right. I mean, it's like it's like the link between the two worlds. You know, it's the same structure. Same. You can sort of draw parallels between the staffs that they carry and the staff that she carries as well. And yeah, given their relationship, I could see that yeah, she the, might be and the and wellspring. The
1: fact, yeah, it's just like if we think she wasn't there merely as a ruse to know about the you know gods and co. Uh, If she, if we think she does actually uh, hang out with the gurus regularly,
3: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: why would she do that? Like, it could be because uh, she likes discussing serious, you know, world matters with uh, people who don't just think of dancing and singing and, you know, doing what her kind does. But I think she might also be like genuinely, you know, I don't know, to these guys, she's like a big deal. She's probably somebody very influential, very knowledgeable with powers that go Beyond their own, so uh, you know, I think her having a a kind of a teacher role to them, or a consulting role, would make sense.
0: Yeah, the question is to what extent. I mean, it's 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 clear from what we know is that the world's in danger because of what Griffith has done, and so the question is to what extent is she going to involve herself, or has already involved herself, in preventing that? You know?
1: Yeah. Well, I think
0: that's that's the discussion that's to come.
1: Yeah, actually, I meant, uh, what I meant before was not in relation to that. But obviously, like, as a second point, uh, her implication in the current world events are also, like, a, a kind of natural consequence of that. And obviously, uh, the big question right now is, what's the health position of the matter? Like, what's the position of the health mm-hmm. state? Pretty much is, uh, are they, do they want to get involved? Uh, do they feel threatened? Do they, Feel like they can contribute something? Do they feel it's a uh, purely human matter? You know, do they blame humans for it as a whole, or you know, there's a lot of thing to to consider. So it will be interesting to see.
0: I feel like the overall warm welcome they received here doesn't indicate anything adverse against humans as a species necessarily, but that doesn't mean it's not. Yeah, happen,
1: you know? uh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, obviously, again, I think something we've said many times, uh, in previous posts and podcasts and the like is that, you know, elves, elves are nice generally, like, they're, yeah. the, for- they're the force of good. So, you know, the idea is that the sovereign of the flower storm would tell guts, ah, oh, you're going to have to pay for this, or you're going to have to do this, or I, I'm not going to, no, just, you know, I don't feel like it. I'm not going to cure your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Th- that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. obviously, <laughs> that, that's not very credible. But
2: you know, they'll welcome their men and they're not going to come right out at the beginning and be hostile. But they might say later at dinner, like, well, you know, you guys really screwed up. So, yeah, <laughs> you sure. know, your, your whole <laughs> species did. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I think she might still uh, tell them, well, you know, humans you know a problematic species and she, like she wouldn't be wrong and i think yeah. all of them would say well you know yeah sorry about that
0: i mean i would hate <laughs> i would hate our entire species to be defined by our worst like you know like, oh, those Donald Trump supporters, you know, things like that. Like, no, 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 I was never a Trump supporter, for yeah. example.
1: But the problem is, imagine, you know, the entire, like, all that's left of humanity is living in a big city that's Tramponia sure. Trumponia. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and you're like, that's, that's where what? we're headed. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, with those big walls, you know, that uh, the house built. <laughs> oh, made out shit. Of
0: <laughs> it's real. It's happening. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: you know think about that hair. Not that I think of it, you know, <laughs> it does look kind of otherworldly, so... Oh, man, it really does. Yeah, he's not... He doesn't look human, you know, that, mm. you know, skin tone and stuff. Anyway, he doesn't yeah. doesn't
0: really age, despite all he's been through. He okay. looks the same. So... <laughs> yeah. The man, Adam, where do we go from here? Holy shit. <laughs> uh,
3: Bombs have been dropped.
0: Ungraceful transition is... I'd said earlier that I found uh the character design of the elf queen, one of the most interesting things about the episode. And it's true. The antenna themselves, I I mean I think most readers would look at those and think, huh, where have I seen dual antennae like that before? Oh right. Or Sheen had some very similar to that. And she also had the long ears. Yeah. And so I thought it was very interesting because if you go if you think about that just a little bit, like her design itself, she was influenced because she wanted to be the queen of the elves. And though she, her attempts to find such a, a place, that, you know, the place of the elves was futile. You know, she never found it. She always wanted it to be the Misty Valley, which of course was the...
1: Actually, she did. She, but just the elves didn't live there anymore, but she did. Mm. She, even what she made her nest was actually an elf tree. It's what Pux tell, tells her in the end is that she, she had found a place, but only, you know, it, she was, I don't know, uh, 200 years too late, but...
0: Yeah. But she, my point is she didn't know what an elf queen would look like, so she fashioned herself, or at least, you know, we don't know the A to B between, I want to be this kind of apostle, and here's the design that you get. You know, we yeah, discussed that before. Yeah, it could be that
2: whatever the powers that be are that mm-hmm. transform you, maybe they knew a little better. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. that, those forces, you know, actually fashioned her into something. What's funny is we were talking about elf queens and the idea of elf queens. We've already had an elf queen, you know, or at least a facsimile in Yeah, you know, to- story. totally. So, yeah, that's very interesting.
0: I yeah. thought it was great that Mira made that callback. I mean, maybe even, if, if you can even call it a callback, cause the, the connection tissue between those two things is pretty disparate, but I, get, I, I can see it, you know, the connection between those two character designs, and I wonder if that was intentional or not. Uh, but yeah. I, I think, I think it was.
1: I guess it just means that Void's a pretty good, you know, copy art.
0: Yeah. He's got those character <laughs> models in his big, you know, volume. He knows what they look like. In his big brain. <laughs> one thing
1: that makes sense is that uh Rochin, you know, she's got these fillers because like moths have them. And most insects have antennae and they are yeah. like you know dual. So you know, either way it makes sense for the design to be like that, you know, like mm-hmm. to have one or to have three wouldn't make sense. Uh but yeah, it's interesting interesting he chose to together these two and together wings as well as uh, a kind of very flowery, uh, like petals, you know, for her uh, body and uh, the kind of where her legs are, it's a kind of a dress. So uh, it's interesting. It it, I think it will be in such a way that she has characteristics from different types of elves. So she has the wings, like the piskies, and she has the antennae, like, uh, I don't know, some other kind of elf we haven't seen. And she's got some other parts, like the, the... Whole plant like aspect is like, uh, you know, the chich, you know, uh, kin. So, um, yeah. She's like the Uber elf. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she is the Uber elf. (laughs) <laughs> by the
2: by, the same token, she resembles a uh, and with Griffith's hair so much, we better hope Guts doesn't have like flashbacks, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> swing the Dragon Slayer out of reflex.
0: I didn't actually think the hair was that similar. I saw you guys talking about it. It just it seems more permy to me, right? Like an eighties It, is, 80s it perm. is bigger
2: in the front. It's more of a yeah, more froey.
0: Yeah. I think it's just stylish, flowing hair. It's just Mira's style for flowing hair.
1: Yeah, and it's wavy, you know? Like, I mean, yeah.
0: guts sure, kill sure.
1: everyone who's got wavy hair. Uh, <laughs> fuck you! He, I mean, <laughs> I
2: don't think that's beyond him. I mean, he could have that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: if, if Yeah, if if he was, you know, uh, connected to the armor at the time, and the armor said, oh, fluffy hair, fuck this! You know, I can see that. Um. Grail, you actually get a really great coloring of that two-page spread of the queen. So um, oh, yeah, how I was that it. and choosing the colors and all the things that – all the choices that go in, in that design?
3: I just made some guesses, really. I, To be honest, I don't think I chose quite the right pink. It's a little too orange pink, but I like that particular shade. I think that um, – yeah, it was kind of interesting to do because, first of all, I wasn't sure what kind of colors Mira might choose uh, you know, maybe there'll be more green or who knows, really. Sure. Uh, I
1: think pink is but, a good choice uh, because, you know, it's, the whole, it's a safe choice. Yeah, I mean, the cherry <laughs> tree, you know, I mean, and it's just, I don't know, it felt right to me. At least I thought it was pretty nice.
0: I thought it was very good. I did look up cherry blossoms in general because, you know, I've seen... Ver- I live in near the D.C. area, and they have a cherry blossom festival in April, usually, when spring hits. And if you go down there, you see, you know, various cherry blossoms. Some are white, some are purple, some are pink. You know they they kind of range yeah, that we, scale, yeah,
1: but in we have that in Japan, they're pink and mm. very famously so, so it makes sense sure. for them to be pink in that, especially uh, I must you know explain a bit, but you know the whole flower storm part, which is you know like really heavily flow heavily falling you know uh you know cherry blossom uh it it goes i think it's related from the fact you know when it's a cherry season in Japan, all these trees. You know, like the blossoms all get swept up. And so it's very, like there's so many of them in in the the air. It's like a a snowstorm, you know, where, you know, the flakes fall very heavily. And uh, I'm pretty sure that's where Mura derived the name.
0: Yeah. It's like a Hanafubuku.
1: Yeah, I'm not not laughing at the joke.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean, it does raise the question of what Dark Horse is actually going to do with that. Because, you know, for many years now, You've made that connection in the, on the forums and several posts, and it seemed kind of indisputable. And we we figured that once we got closer to dis- determining the uh, elf ruler's design, we would see that connection visually. The the cherry blossom storm oh, yeah, of course. thing happened in their character design. And of course, seeing it two episodes ago in that two-page spread of... The fact that a cherry blossom tree is at the center of the place. Oh wow, what what do you know? And now we see this, and so it seems indisputable.
1: Yeah, it's not like they had any excuses because you know, even beyond what I'm all saying, which is based on the text, in the episode it's revealed, is it there's a panel where you see blossoms yeah spiralling in a kind of mystical background. Yeah. So, you know, I mean it's the word means a thing, then we're shown a thing, which is the same thing as the word means. So, you know, did you think that uh, we're really going to see the thing when we get there? You know, it just makes sense. So, yeah, obviously there's a cherry tree there and, you yeah. know, and there's, you know, many cherry blossoms in the air. I mean, it's just anybody who thought otherwise is just, I don't know, not thinking straight.
0: Not that it was ever disputable, but now it is indisputable. <laughs> you know, it's been shown character design wise why that name makes sense from her design, yeah. from her power, from the association from the tree in the center of the island, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, And so now Dark Horse is in a position of, oh, shit, maybe we should translate that title.
3: Yeah, they're just going to have to backtrack.
2: I think the solution is also the problem. They don't really care. Like, they'll either switch it or they won't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, you know, either switch it with no explanation or just leave it. You
1: know, the really funny part is that the only part of the name, which in Japanese is Anafubuku, or they translated is the part that (laughs) means sovereign. And so they translated (laughs) it as king. Yeah. So, they translated what part, is it's actually the part they got wrong. So, right. yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. But at the same time, you know, like Dark Horse translation is not perfect. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that don't get right. And, but this one is, you know, quite probably the biggest fuck up. I mean, it's I, it's very to curious. To this day, I, I don't understand why they didn't translate the, the word. You know, I mean, it's like, instead of calling guts a s- struggle, uh, it's kind call him just, you know, uh, Mogakumono, you know, it just, I mean, yeah, sure.
0: Or just, you know, that the Black Swords means the Kuroi Kenshi.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just uh, Kuroi Swordsman or the Black yeah. Kenshi. You know. <laughs> the Kuroi Swordsman. It, it just, yeah, it doesn't make sense. So, yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. I, it, it never makes sense. It still doesn't. And yeah, yeah I'm, speaking I'm just, of no. good
2: translations, isn't his name actually Gatsu, but his friends call him Guts? It's Got. No. <laughs> I read that in an official the
1: compendium, I believe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you oh You guys man. should
1: stop these uh, private jokes no, no. that none of the listeners will understand.
0: <laughs> I don't actually remember that one, the Katsu one.
1: But. No, it's from it's, it's from the American translation of the
3: They're the Dreamcast game, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: right.
2: Even 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 Walter doesn't understand these yeah. <laughs> these <laughs> jokes are so inside. Even the insiders don't it's get. Probably them. not
0: going to hit anybody.
3: Yeah. I I kind of got the idea. i was like, man, where have I heard that before? But that is that is some obscure shit, man. I mm. have to tip my hat to you for that one.
1: Uh, American translation was pretty bad, like the whole thing Oh, uh, God, the, li- yeah. the line you know when zod talks to guts about what griffith is doing that,
2: which- that i think that set us back like years <laughs> at least people like me <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: i, mean, I don't want to get too sidetracked but the uh the glossary section the uh, extras that's
2: where i got that
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So zod horrible. was the literally the vessel of griffith meaning griffith's inside zod somewhere
1: yeah. Well, he's big. He could fit. I mean, uh, it's not the
0: vassal, but the vessel.
1: Yeah, actually, did did you think they, they meant vassal? Yeah, yeah I thought quite they, quite they meant vassal.
0: They meant they meant that he came from Griffith, as in Griffith's like subordinate.
1: Yeah, uh, well,
0: that's stupid. It, it's again, this is not worth spending time <laughs> on. For
1: yeah, okay, yeah. Mark. Anyways, there were really many many mistranslations. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, how about so.
0: How about yeah, fun? fuck, fuck. We both want to go in two different directions. I'm putting my foot down. Barry Tess. Boom! What? No, no, no. Okay, it's a okay. secret weapon. I've been holding back the entire episode.
1: Well, a secret weapon you just read from me, so okay. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. Well, you know, I wanted to keep that for the end because it's the most mysterious part, but sure. Sure. So, yeah, Barry Tess is the element of weight. So it's a new type of elemental, which we've been introduced to in this episode, which uh, I found quite insane actually because yeah. like first first like oh yeah I didn't tell you about this one but there's even more we can go even deeper <laughs> and uh, it's also like
0: it is exactly the kind of information I was hoping to get from from Ged in particular about the nature of the Berserk Universe we talked about this for the past three episodes that here's a guy who might even be senior to Flora in terms of understanding the Berserk Universe yeah. we're finally going to get some kind of details about the Berserk Universe and, and here we go this is the first of hopefully many more Kinds of uh, extra details.
1: Well, I don't think we're gonna get anything bigger than that because it's pretty big. I mean, it's pretty big. You are basically, like I said before, you know, the four elements of the world. You know, fire, wind, air, earth. This is I wouldn't say basic stuff, but it's stuff that's common. But now, he went in in the physics department, so he's applying stuff from science to like this fantasy world, and while keeping it fantasy, of course. So, if you got this element that brings weight to things, he says, brings it makes things heavy. But it's also related to uh, people being filled with obsessive behavior. Uh, you know, so it, it can be obsessive behavior, being fixated on something, uh, to have a gloomy mindset. It can also darken the skies. So that's the for- that the fourth thing it does: makes things heavy, darkens the skies, causes the mind to become gloomy or to cause fixation or obsession in people. And not only that, but it's an element that is uh, smaller than the four others, so small that even get, can't see it with his spiritual sight. So he's the most minute, the tiniest, smallest type of being, and it connects the other four elements. So that's pretty big, you know. I mean, yeah. it's really pretty big. I, I said so on the forum, but it reminds me at the same time of elements like the neutrino, which is a very small particles that can pass through all matter. And at the same time, it's uh, like when Newton uh, discovered gravity, you know. And uh, yet, it also feels like that discovery, it even reminded me of when the Higgs boson was uh, confirmed by the CERN. So, you know, there's many, many stuff which is reminiscent to me of physics, pretty much.
0: It does sound like Mira is quantifying evil power. It's this foreign body that's not associated with L-Film. That's not associated with the natural world. It's independent of the other four.
1: Yeah, it, it is associated with the natural world. It's just a supplementary thing. But yes, okay. yes, I think, I, I think it will end up being the component, the cosmological element that is behind evil power, uh, what the apostles, the and even the idea of evil use. So I think the main clue to that is that uh, the concentration of elves in form reduces gravity. And that's because this element doesn't go well with uh, these kinds of creatures. So that's why gravity is uh, reduced in the forest. So what I think, and that's completely hypothetical, but it's that uh, the human soul can trap baritess. So when people are filled with obsessive or negative emotions, you know, the baritess concentrates... And, you know, eventually that led to the soul being evil. And so I think that's how that power can be used. Mm. Also, things that may explain, uh, in part, the vortex-specific uh, shape, the vortex of souls in the, you know, ideal world.
0: That's the thing that blew me away the most from what you were discussing. I, I feel like you're going to have a hard time describing that verbally on a podcast. But if you can imagine... I don't want to step on your toes here. But if you can imagine an, a gravity well... Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, and I think that may even have led, you know, because that aspect of uh, gravity, weight, concentration, you know, and uh, if you look, you know, I mean, I don't really want to get too much into that because uh, okay. it gets into speculative and, you know, I wouldn't say fan fiction, but it's, it gets far-fetched. But, it is, It is. Know, but like it's, the,
0: it's fucking, it, yeah. it resonates. It's one of those things where it sounds like it's off the deep end and yet a part of it Sounds totally true.
1: When an object has a, a very high mass,
0: uh,
1: you know, in space, uh, you know, space-time, you know, curvature around it, yeah, it shows a, a gravitational, you know, I forgot how they call de- it this day. A but depression, it, you can say. Yeah, 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 it's just, you know, it's, I think they call it gravitational potential these days, something mm. like that, anyway. Uh, so yeah, and it shows like that, that drop, which is similar to the vortex. So
0: I don't know the, it's conical, just, the conical shape that is similar to the vortex.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and just you know, like the idea that uh, the idea of evil could be like that massive thing which attracts more of uh, what it's made of. You know, concentrating it and gaining power through these means. So I don't know. I think I think uh, that's something we may get a reveal of later on.
0: Wow, I wonder if that's actually similar to when you stumbled upon the um, the connection between the Moonlight Child of the uh, the additional page in Volume Twenty Eight. I feel like you're actually ahead of the script by about several volumes. Actually, like I don't expect anything like that to come from the next episode or two. I feel like you're several volumes ahead.
1: Uh, I don't know about that video. because like, I don't know about several volumes. Uh, yeah, next episode, I don't think so. But. I don't know, about several. Volumes. I think we'll okay. uh, we'll learn of this connection
0: while we steer uh, on Skellig. I would be happy to get a confirmation of it, but either way, I, I was very intrigued by what you said, and I hope I hope what Azil said made sense because uh, it visually makes a little more sense, and maybe we'll you know see some stuff on the forum about that. But uh, no,
2: it definitely tracks. Just when I was first, you know, reading it and getting the explanation of it, you know, I mean, all those things you mentioned, like obsessive behavior, you know, gloomy sort of character and heaviness and all that it made you, it makes you think of uh made me think of griffith it made me think of the god hand so i mean it's not just something you know I don't think yeah it's just something and I'm also the
0: things that guts is plagued by as well
2: yes the same sort of obsessive behavior you know and yeah mm-hmm. again gloominess, yeah. heaviness you know darkness
0: and also the god hand themselves are attracted to areas where evil as is, is attracted right
1: yeah Right. And the other thing is, uh, the next thing I was going to say is, now, what's left for us to know more about this is a connection between negative karma and negative feelings and baritas. So, you know, whether it's just gloominess and obsession or more, because, you know, there's a kind of, it kind of makes sense that something would be heavier and at the same time on a spiritual level, it would be, you know, like obsessive. You know, it, it makes sense to me, at least, uh, that relationship, but can it also apply to stuff like hatred or rage or fear yeah. or, you know, sorrow? And yeah, the, the next, step, you know, uh, thing is like, does that apply to Guts as well? Is, uh, you know, easy does he have a concentration of that in him or something like that? And specifically, I think a development we may get is that Falconia is, uh, concentrating Baritess as well. You know, I think that mm. may be a thing is that this city, when we saw, uh, I keep getting back to this each week or each time we do a podcast, but when we saw the people making cannons and weapons and forging <laughs> stuff for war, you know, and I wonder if uh, uniting under Griffiths with a single, you know, uh, goal, single objective, single mindset, you know, in a kind of uh, fascist like state when, you know, all the people are one, united for one purpose uh i think that kind of fits the bill also for this whole uh, fixation obsessive behavior that kind of stuff so i wonder if uh part of the godhand's plan is also not to i don't know like you know attract Baritas or whatever or try to manipulate it or if that doesn't play a part in you
2: realize in that. that this is like the counter argument to your usefulness of elves in war If you have if you have them swarm
1: Griffith, will he become you know less of a dick? (laughs) Well, I don't think. I I think he's uh, beyond. uh, Yeah, he's beyond. I think. Yeah, I mean, they they might be trying to use that element for a purpose. I I also don't think uh, you know they plan to capture elves. I use them as anti graph devices. You know to to power. (laughs) uh, You know, so guts can fly. (laughs) Yeah,
0: similarly, guts presence here, the concentration of non-Berry Tess has not affected his personality at all. Well, I
2: don't know. He was pretty... He went along when they were like, hey, why don't you just be a little patient? You know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He's like, alright. He eventually gave in. He doesn't usually... He
0: usually sure, gets sure. his way. <laughs> I'm, I'm referring to Puck's brothers making fun of gut-serious attitude. Like, it just seems like he's out of place here, is what they say. <laughs>
2: we, <laughs> yeah, we, I- we might need to take some time to just talk about the comedy in this episode. Oh, sure. Really, yeah, yeah. is fantastic.
0: We, we need to do a patient by page i've been really putting that off because i wanted to introduce all the major concepts before we started doing that but, but i feel like we're there
1: yeah i was actually gonna say just one thing is that you know when the you know the puck brothers uh the puck family actually make fun of gus he's actually what made me think about the fact he might actually have like a concentration yeah. of baritas or whatever because he's you know pretty serious and stern mm-hmm. but yeah that just might just it, it that, goes that might be along reaching. with
2: other things that have been said about him and about just his state of being and you know that him and Flora have talked about with his anger and rage and sort of what keeps him going and in a sense has powered him too
0: yeah yeah, it's karmic fire sure
1: so yeah
0: let's let's take a quick break real quick before we come back for the page by page discussion mm-hmm. We're back. Took a quick break, get some snacks, and uh, we're going to do a page-by-page of the episode in case you guys want a little bit more about 346. Are
1: you sure we should do the page by page and not just do the, like, Pux Brothers and then... You yeah, know, I
2: mean, I don't think you have time.
1: Yeah, you don't have the time for page-by-page, man.
2: And we've already gone over, like, you know, a good amount.
0: Well, the thing is, I have page-by-page notes, and they're really small. So
1: Yeah, okay. but I think let's not rush, and let's just okay. do like Puck Brothers and the Magnifico Puck Kingsting, and I think that'll be... I mean, it's my... Okay,
0: tell you what, tell you what, you do the leading on this one, and I will just comment. How about that?
1: Oh, okay, okay, if you want, if you want. Please do. Uh, all right, so uh, w- one thing we didn't mention uh, in this whole talk is uh, humor on this episode, which is pretty heavy, and I think... One of the big reveals, at least for me, something that, uh, really mattered was, uh, to see Puck's brothers. So he's got, uh, these five brothers that show up when, uh, Isidro and Ivarila are, you know, hanging on the branch. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. So, uh, they've all got these, uh, names which are similar to him. So it's Pik, Peck, Pook, and Puck. And, uh. Those are all th- vowels? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's all, you know, yeah. pre- it's just variations of uh, vowels in Japanese. So, and, um, <clears throat> he seems to be the elder because he's got one spike, whereas the others have two, three, four, and five. <laughs>
0: this seems such a Miura thing to do. I don't know how else to describe it, but it seems so natural whenever I saw it. I was like, well, one, two, three. Yep, those are his brothers.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And so they're the same. They've got uh, this whole chestnut thing going. So, yeah, it, it was pretty funny. And, uh, and yeah, you know, they, they seem to, like, they go well with his kind of personality. They seem to be. Troublemakers, you know. So there's a troublemaker <laughs> brothers, you know. So they, they also, I like how the fifth one.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. his his accomplices in the in the evil crime? I also like how the fifth one just looks insane, <laughs> which is totally you know yeah, yeah. like Malcolm in the middle level accurate. <laughs> you know, the last yeah. one's always the crazy one. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, pretty what's much, interesting
2: yeah. is uh, he's uh, he kind of looks like Puck and Sidro put together because he's got the five spikes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, yeah, anyway, we, we get to see, uh, a lot of elf mis- mischief in this episode. So, I mean, not to comment on everything, but we see elves riding on rats and all that kind of stuff, elves dancing, riding on birds. And, you know, when, uh, they all start dancing all of a sudden and singing and playing music. And, uh, you know, it's a chaos that even get can't manage. And basically without, uh, <laughs> Danan to reign over them, they, they would just be, uh, you know, I think the, the group will still be dancing now, you know it's just it's a, a party yeah. that that never ends, but uh yeah, obviously the biggest mischief of the whole thing was uh puck pulling uh a big one over uh Magnifico about the whole king business, <laughs> so yeah, the one thing we didn't say though about the brothers is their interaction with Gus. uh it's pretty funny that the you know they think he's too serious, so he's not. Uh, at his place in that forest, and, but to humor him, because he's a rare kind of human, uh, they, you know, basically bullshit him, you know, and try to imitate him, uh, looking <laughs> all serious with furrowed bras and that kind of stuff. Which, you know, guts just say, ah, oh, yeah, they sure are Puck brothers, you know. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Puck and Magnifico, uh, you know, Magnifico tries to remind Puck of, uh, the whole agreements they had got going in. Puck, had basically completely forgotten about it.
0: <laughs> it's the second time he's forgotten about it. <laughs> yeah. Which Magnifico is like, what you've
1: forgotten already? So he <laughs> tells him, Yeah yeah sure sure I'll do that. And so what's funny is that Magnifico uh he was trying to use Puck, you know, in order to get to power and then he would discard him. So he was trying to be clever and that kind of stuff. But what Puck does is he just <laughs> He impersonates, you know, instead of gi- giving a good word to the king about magnifico and then trying to get the king to abdicate, he, you know, impersonates uh the sovereign, gets on the throne with his two brothers in tow, who say, "Here comes the king, bow down to his majesty and everything." <laughs> and what I find great is that the other elves are actually like, "Oh yeah, he's the king now." Hmm. <laughs> yeah, why? Why not? Like they don't even, you know, <laughs> they don't even care.
0: <laughs> they don't even care. Nos- I also like that this 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 whole ruse in itself, the whole joke, is kind of making fun of various fan theories that I've read over the years that Puck is secretly the king. (laughs) That's why he's been so mysterious about the king. Like, is kind of like, I don't think he's been on forums or anything, but I feel like he's making fun of that whole idea that Puck is secretly the king all along, ha ha ha.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I actually think, like, from the very beginning, when uh, Puck and and Magnifico hatched up that plan, or rather when Magnifico hatched it up and tried to get Puck to do it, I think Mira was already planning something like that. He he I think he must have known. I also don't think he reads up on form. I think actually I hope he doesn't because man, that would be sad for him to read. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, the
0: natural conclusion, I get it, yeah.
1: yeah. But yeah, I, I think he's definitely making fun of that. And yeah, that was great to see. And so yeah, mm-hmm. the elves, you know, they're even kinda in favor in favor of Puck being the ruler because Every day would I love be that, a, yeah you know. every day would be a day off so you know it's like well, we can slack all the time I'm all for it <laughs> and so you know Magnifico is uh like he's catastrophed over the fact that you know Puck is actually the king you know he he's full he thinks Puck is really the king so he's like I I I really messed up you know I'm in a bad place I should deny any involvement in that but. As he's thinking that, Buck immediately, uh, puts him on the spot and saying, Oh, my new minister of economy and finance, uh, Magnifico will give you money if you mm-hmm. please your agents to me. <laughs> and so, uh, one guy says, Oh, so you sold the kingdom to humans. And he's like, Yep. You know? <laughs> he's not, he's not, you know, <laughs> like, he's not even trying to deny it. He's just like, it's so, so, so like him to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's immediately arrested by, uh, guards, who, you know, calling him a traitor. <laughs> Magnifico <laughs> tries to deny. And what's funny is like, Magnifico's getting arrested by, you know, elves who are like, <laughs> you know, a 20th of his size. But <laughs> he gets, and he tries to deny again any involvement. And it's like, oh, he must be joking, whatever. But.
0: Okay. And I love I love his denial of it at the in the moment of heat when you know the pressure's on. It's like, oh I don't know what you're talking about. This <laughs> yeah, is crazy. And
1: Pug actually betrays him some more, saying, Oh my faithful accomplice, magnifico, yeah. you know. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. And that leads of course naturally to the you know, reveal of Dan and being the the you know the sovereign of the Firestorm. So I, I think that whole sequence is pretty great. And while you know, it's not what well expected because uh I, I, you know, we didn't know, uh, Danan was, you know, the sovereign of these guys, but I, I think actually it's a, it's a pretty great way to do it. You know, these moments, when you think about them, uh, it's kind of a thing where you can't possibly meet people's expectations, you know, like the kind mm-hmm. of big reveal, you know, it's like the big, yeah. the big guy we've all been waiting for for 15 years. And, uh, and I think Mura actually managed to, uh, to pull that off with this, you know, with Puck. You know, playing the part and then actually done and revealing, well, it's me, I've been here all along, you know, so yeah, I think it's right. pretty, pretty stellar.
0: Yeah, like Mira well, gave Punk us. has, the, the... has like ahead.
2: three fantastic pictures here. Like, the, I love the one of him is the king, sort of in all his glory. Yeah, them, You know, with his brothers declaring everyone was, you know, about him. And then when he's captured, that look on his face, he's sort of like, ah! When <laughs> all the king's things are being knocked off. And then at the end, when he's being taken away in cuffs with Magnifico, that just sort of, he looks like such a hardened, you know, criminal. <laughs> yeah, being taken yeah. Away. and he's,
1: he's basically telling uh, Magnifico, you know, I'll see you in the other world, you know, after we executed. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's, he, he's playing the part to the end, you know, that's the thing. He's like... Yeah. He knows uh, there'll be no consequences to his actions, but he's still playing the part to the end. <laughs> Magnificent I think it's space. the
2: first time I've seen like a a usurper d- or a, someone usurping the throne done purely as a prank. You, <laughs> you
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. So. If you look at pages fifteen and then sixteen, there's actually a kind of A B comparison between there the group's reaction to. Who's the king going to be to it's yeah. Puck? And then their reaction is like, what?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can only see f- like the bottom of Gut's face, but you can still yeah. see like a sweat <laughs> drop coming down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: That's right. Everyone reacts in different ways. Like, and Casca and Gut's are the ones that change the least. But yeah, Puck Gut's is indeed sweating. You know? Yeah. Oh, shit. Even, what?
1: He, even he's like, yeah, oh, God. What, what now? You know? <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. that. Uh, you know, the brothers even have a, a kind of a small box with a stamp. You know, it's some kind of traditional box for the stamp Right, I wonder the what kings. that was. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's very traditional stuff. So, yeah, he's got, it shows that Puck's really got the full, you know, uh, garb. You know, he's even got the seal, you know, the king's seal with a whole chestnut, you know, imagery on it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, yeah pretty funny. <laughs> and I think that was a great conclusion to that little, you know, thing that started on the ship uh, a while back ago, you know.
0: Yeah, long ago. I guess it was volume thirty-five or six. I can't remember. It's been a while. Well, Thirty-three, maybe. Anyway, point being that you know this was the capitalization on that long ruse. I do wonder if there's going to be a few more things like that. I kind of think this is it, though. It feels like they played all their cards, and this is probably it. A lot of people, well, two people in the thread had commented, like, "I wonder if that's all." Mira, was that was that it? Was that the whole thing? And it seems like kind of a waste. I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing people's expectations on this. But, like, I felt that it was pretty funny. I thought so, too. And particularly that, and, and particularly that Mir- uh, Magnifico himself, like, his inclusion is, like, has forever been hilarious and perfect. Because, you know, remember yesterday, the last episode he was, like, sitting down to tea and he crosses his legs like, Tut, tut, here's the tea, please, you know, yeah. please serve me. You know, the whole point of his inclusion here is that they're in an otherworldly place, like the most non-human foreign land, and here is the most worldly character probably in the Berserk universe, who's expecting to be pampered, who is, you know, kind of like a false royalty himself, being treated with natural royalty. I feel like that contrast itself has been funny throughout, and it will continue to be funny, because he just doesn't fit in here at all. Yeah, you
1: know? and it's very funny, because he he wanted, like, his plan all along was to curry favor yeah. with the kings, and try to sell elves, you know, like, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really reaching here, but it's kind of like, you know, what uh, Europeans did with Africans, you know, uh, <laughs> <Wow>. slavery. You <laughs> Colonialism. Know, Yeah, where they, you know, they curried favor with the kings of Africa to, in order to sell slaves, you know, people were sold as slaves, you know, that kind of stuff. That's pretty much what his intent was with elves, so Mm. it's pretty pretty crazy stuff and, you know, uh, even dark, I would say. But he actually, Mm. like, so he wanted to curry favor with the sovereign, but he actually got the sovereign to serve him tea and he was a dick about it. (laughs) So you know, <laughs> he, like you know, he's, he's, there actually was a kind of ruse trying to see what these people felt like? He he's the one who actually came across as a I read as a douchebag. So it's just yeah. like these guys. Well, like, yeah,
2: I think that's the the big thing with his character is he's trying to be this manipulator and this you know, but he's but he's just he's completely incompetent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's yeah. terrible. at
0: yeah, it. Yeah, he's a I also button. just. I also just think it's hilarious that he is trying to be that because his dad is that. Like, he's just a really failed imitation of his dad.
1: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. The master
0: manipulator, you know? He was it's in his blood, but he's not capable.
1: Yeah, like, our introduction to him is uh, him being chastised by his father, you know? And that's pretty mm-hmm. much, like, his entire character is about that. But I think, to bounce back on what you said... So that was, you know, like, that was a grand finale of, uh, the whole pack Magnifico plot thing, And I think it was perfect in its way. And I, I don't think it's going to go further than that. Except maybe, uh, a quick mention, you know, like, oh, yeah. we can still try another plot or something. But I actually think Magnifico himself has still got some, some stuff in him. Uh, and I think we'll, we'll get to see him. Like he's a minor character. He's obviously a very minor character. Like he's barely above having a name, you know? Uh, but I I do think he's going to find his true calling in a film, you know, on Skellig. I think he's going to, you know, become a merchant or at at least his whole merchant thing is going to get going with these guys and I don't know if he'll go back to the human world and try to sell stuff he's learned or if he's going to try to be a liaison or something, but I do think uh, he'll have some some development. You know, he, they o- might however,
2: actually appreciate him for who he is. Yeah, <laughs> since they'll be able to see that, and he can't <laughs> sort of hide himself.
1: Yeah, I think he's even his whole manipulative uh, fiber. Is, you know, like it won't be to the displeasure of elves because that's kind of what they're all about. You know, fooling people, playing pranks, you know, deceiving. So yeah, I, I think you know even if it's minor, I think he'll have some development.
0: As long as his development involves more surprised faces from him, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. well, that's like what he's the seeing. Any, see. any, any, any kind
1: of yeah. faces.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all, all the Magnifico's faces are my favorite.
2: <laughs> I don't know who thinks it was a waste to do this with Puck. I am actually like, it blows me away. It's like beyond my expectations that they actually went this yeah. far. Yeah, to I mean, sit on the, sit you know, on the throne. It, yeah, to have him on the throne and have him with that ridiculous mustache and beard, you know. <laughs> yeah. which I also love that it flies off when they. Yeah, get him. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's just a yeah, yeah, prop, yeah. you know. Even the crown, you know, even the fake crown, like it's so how to say, it's so cartoony, you know. Like it's really, yeah. he's got the, you know, the mental, the fur mental. It's really, you know. Oh, I am, I'm pleased that
2: he was even king for a, a
1: moment.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, props to Puela. I think she had called that. It looks like Puck sitting on a throne in that little yeah. preview that we got of it. So she was she was able to call that. Oh, that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and that throne is uh pretty cute by the way. You know, kind of yeah. throne of nature. Very low key. Very you know, uh, I like mm-hmm.
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's one thing we didn't say during the page by page was that full-scale reveal of the throne room, the palace area of the uh, the reveal. I thought was very, very well done. I like the light coming in, and the how everything kind of leads to the vanishing point of the throne itself, and yet the throne itself is very downplayed or it's subdued. More under, or, it's it's under more
2: under like seen. a seat.
1: Yeah. 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 The, de- the decor is very grand, but the throne mm-hmm. itself is very low-key. I, I thought that mm-hmm. was very nice and fitting, again, for the rule of elves. You know, not somebody who's Necessarily putting themselves forward, you know, uh, with power and authority, but someone who's a natural ruler and benevolent.
0: Yeah. I guess that's the episode, guys. Uh, yeah. We didn't discuss uh, what's coming next, episode 347. That's because, honestly, I haven't given it a lot of thought because we're already here so much quicker than I thought it would be. I think the last episode. I'd said I I figured we would see the elf king within three or four episodes. I thought this episode would be about guts continuing his discussion about his past, and of course we went a completely different direction. Mayura merely put his gas on the pedal or pedal on the gas and kept kept moving much further than I thought we would. To, We're already here. To, to be with fair,
1: the elf. it was it was not unlikely uh, that you know we would have seen a continuation of the scene inside the the mansion, yeah. but at the same time it was also possible we would cut to you know something else and that's what happened. so I yeah think that's well,
0: that's
2: sure. i think commercial. maybe they'll 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 conclude that with her you know present as she is because that's yeah. what he So he'll really have to explain his past to her in order to just yeah. give the context uh, for oh
1: wow
0: well, actually i think it'll be the opposite i think she will know so much about guts already uh, i feel we'll like i said there. before i feel like she's all along been the oracle that Skull Knight has drawn from, and I, I could be proven wrong in the next few episodes. Yeah, that's, that's maintained. I maintain that theory.
2: You know, well then well, she's probably going to explain the rub. You the, know, so <laughs> like, here's what you yeah. need to do for me. Here's sure.
1: here's a problem with your theory, Walter. Is that uh, bring it the, on? The Skull Knight can travel, you know, through different parts of the world right now because he's got the Yobimizu no right, mm-hmm. buried blade, but buried sword, but you know. He didn't have that before, so how did he do it? Did he just run on water with his horse for days on hand to go, you know, uh, talk to her?
0: So we don't know how long he's had that sword. He simply uses it as a weapon but to in the Oh,
1: He said he intended to use it for against the god hand, mm-hmm. and then he uses it, you know, not as a weapon, but as a way to uh, get Transport. out the clifford So I think, yeah. you know, I think he hadn't used it before. Yeah. So I think that kind of... But at the same time, it doesn't mean they couldn't communicate in another way. Right. So
0: I mean, he kind of have a hair around his fingers, all he needs.
1: Oh, uh, you know, you, you're stretching it. But in, 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 any case, <laughs> in any case, it's not unlikely. Even if it's not his only source of knowledge, it's likely yeah. it's one source of It's likely that I'm there
0: wondering. is a connection between those two characters. The, I, I think that's a given. The, I mean, that's just my, my sense of things.
1: Yeah, well, know? yeah. The connection is, uh, is a given. I also think regarding uh, Gus Pass, that... It, Even if it's not revealed right now, next episode or the one after, it makes sense. It will be soon. And for the simple reason that when Casca is cured, you know, her past and Kat's past, these things will have to be explained. So, you know, you know, at that time it would be, and I think it even makes sense for Mira to wait for her. It would, you know, be more powerful if she was the one to tell it. You know what I mean? So, you know, I can also see that happening. And, um, yeah, actually, regarding what you said about how fast it goes, I think it was reminding people that we've only been on Skellig for four episodes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, it has yeah. been quick. no time is being wasted. Also, like, I just want to take a moment here. Like, guys, like, we're here. Like, we have seen the Elf Ruler, and we are mere episodes away from them addressing Casca's restoration. Like, we are... More than a decade in, this is more than a decade's worth of, you know, build up to these moments that we're about to see, you know, so I know Dude, you guys this, this know
2: whole that. Time I've been impatiently waiting for the final <laughs> battle, I'm sorry. I, I just, I'm, we're so I far actually, away from where I need to be.
0: I've seen a few posts like that, to be honest, of those kind of like, they just need to get this shit wrapped up so they can get back to Griffith. Like, okay, okay. Let's take our time here, guys.
1: Yeah, It's, well,
2: not, it's uh, not the journey. It's the destiny.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think these people will be able to enjoy anything in the story, including the final battle, you know, with mm-hmm. this kind of mindset. If you're always just waiting for a story to get on with it, then by the time it ends, you're, you know, you're still not satisfied. What they yeah, want? Like, is, I want
2: the ending. I want the ending. Oh, I was so disappointed in that ending. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, okay. Yeah. What We've they wa- had
0: that discussion as well. <laughs> what
1: they want is for the you know Bezac to have ended with Volume Three, you know, where Guts just <laughs> takes strikes at Femto and it just you know kills him and that's it. Yeah. It's the end. I did it. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, to emphasize how big of a deal this is, Casca has been unwell since the Eclipse, Volume Thirteen. We're now. This is. You know, yeah, sorry. it's triple that amount of volume you now. Yeah, 39. the potential
2: of her being cured is probably the biggest thing. I mean, that's that's almost bigger than the final battle. That's like yeah. inevitable, whereas this mm. is like still a question
1: mark. To me, well, this is. To me, this is go like, ahead. Yeah, I think it's the biggest deal since the eclipse by far. Mm. You know, even maybe even bigger than that. It's t- for two thirds of the series, Cascanby be, has been in this state. And, uh, you know, like, next episode, like, we don't know what's gonna be in it but what i can tell you is gonna be a big fucking deal like this episode was a big fucking deal the one before was a big fucking deal and you know the next one is gonna be a huge huge fucking deal that's for sure so you know anyone who's a fan of berserk better not be in that one because it's gonna be you know the model <laughs> <laughs> i also
0: feel like in addition to merely addressing the casca scenario i don't think that mira brought them all the way to l just to address that I feel oh, like there's probably more in store for what the uh, ruler has to say. Of course, you
1: know? the thing is, like, Casca's restoration is just, like, the biggest item on the menu, yeah, but then for sure. then there's, like, a, a, you know, a hundred others. N- not yeah. only, like, like, there's some which are derived from her restoration directly you know, with Gus, with the group, with everything, but there's is everything else, you know, with the world, yeah. with what uh, the God Hand is doing, Femto, then something's going to happen on the island, we don't know what yet, but something's going to happen, the Skull might arrive. there might be trouble, you know, and the, the group dynamics will be completely shuffled around, we have to be remade, then each member of the group is going to have to decide what they want to do, follow guts, go to Falconia, do something else, I mean, it's, it's huge. And, of course, you know, talking new knowledge, maybe new powers, new equipment, training. How long will they stay? Will they get new allies there? Will some people like Roderick of Magnifico leave the group? I mean, you know, it's just too many to, to list. You know, I've just done like a one percent.
0: Yeah. I mean, as we've said almost every episode, I feel like since we've recorded back in 2012 was that Mira was binding all these threads to one point, and then after that point is bound, where do those threads go? We're still at that point of them being bound. We can still sort of see the future a little bit, but the more we learn, particularly from a character like this, the more we're, we'll be able to see the coming horizon about what's coming with Berserk.
1: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's at the time where we've, we're we reaching the top of the mountain. You know, we've been climbing yeah. ever since the beginning of the series. Now we are almost of the peak, and after that, we are going on the way down towards the ending of the story. That's That's the thing. I think this is a culminating point of the story.
0: Yeah. So we'll be back in a month to talk about uh, 347. So come back in a month.